0: All right. I want to welcome on my next guest. We have a very special guest. We've got ESPN columnist and the author of Miracles on the Hardwood, the Hope and a Prayer Story of a Winning Tradition of Catholic College Basketball. Ladies and gentlemen, John Gasway. John, is everything going for you?
1: Hey, thanks for having me. And, and good job on that subtitle. That's a, that's a bit of a mouthful. So Absolutely. well done.
0: Appreciate it, appreciate it. So, can we get right into it? Um, What was the inspiration for the book? Um, so, we're, record- oh, we well. we're recording this on Thursday. It's coming out on Tuesday the... 16th. 16th. Tuesday yeah. the 16th. Um, What was the inspiration for the book? Um, how long has it, has it been in the works? And then, what can people look forward to if they want to go check it out?
1: Uh, this started with an email from my agent uh, almost three years ago, the summer of 2018, who said that she had an idea. And I thought this must have been done before and found that it it hadn't been. So uh, then we got serious about it. And about uh, nine months after that, we we were fortunate enough to uh, sell a publisher on the idea. And uh, I wrote it and (laughs) here we are. Uh, We didn't know there was gonna be a global pandemic. We didn't know 2020 tournament wouldn't happen. Uh, We didn't know that uh, I'd be doing these uh, so virtually, uh, but uh, we're, we're making it work and uh, hey, we've got a book, so it's, it's all good.
0: Absolutely. And then on the cover off the top of my head, so we've got, um, we've got um, Adam Morrison, Bill Russell, Patrick Ewing, and then who's on the top right for Loyola? Uh,
1: That, that is Bo Kimball shooting a a left-handed free throw during the 1990 NCAA tournament. For his, uh, his late friend, uh, Hank Gathers, who, who passed away that season. So that's, uh, that's one of the stories in the book. Uh, I do have to say about the cover, uh, as soon as I saw it, I, I had two reactions. A, it's, it's amazing. And uh, I am getting a lot of compliments on the cover, which of course I, I didn't do. Uh, so it's great. And B, uh, Villanova is a really big presence in the book, and, and they're not on the cover. And uh, I, I have heard about that already, but uh, if it's any consolation to the Wildcats out there, the big, big sections inside the book and uh, the covers really fantastic too.
0: Well, well, why did you choose those four players in- You know, that was a
1: conversation between the publisher and myself and Bill Russell, arguably the, the greatest of them all. The greatest, um, the greatest. And still a very active uh, presence on social media. That guy's amazing uh, and a genius too. Uh, Ewing is Ewing. Uh, that would probably be the first one that, uh, that people would, would start with. Uh, he's still making news as we tape this. And then uh, the Loyola Marymount story is, is special, so that's how they got on there. And uh, Adam Morrison, uh, it's, it's funny. Uh, you know, people who weren't there when he was a big deal in 2006 uh, might not know this, but he was a big deal and uh, kind of co-player of the year. And we, uh, we, we talk about that in the book. So it was a good You know, Could have taken in any number of directions, but those were
0: the four that, that won out. And, there, and I assume you spoke with all of them. Was it mostly virtual or did we talk to them in person?
1: No, I started before the pandemic. So for instance, I was able to, uh, the, the book starts with me talking to and sitting down with Sister Jean, um, who is the team chaplain for Loyola Chicago and became famous when they reached the 2018 final four. Uh, If I had known in real time that a pandemic was coming when it was I would have done way more uh, traveling at the time I thought I've got all the time in the world so uh, saw some people uh, in person uh, spoke to many more like I'm I'm doing with you now and uh, did the best we could under the circumstances that I don't think anybody anticipated.
0: And I'm a huge Bill Russell fan. I think he's the greatest of all time. I don't think anybody will ever, especially NBA was, no one's ever going to win 11, 13 years, anyone at the high school and the collegiate level. What was it like talking to him and what was kind of like maybe the, your favorite story that he told that either made the book or didn't?
1: Yeah, I didn't have the the pleasure of talking to him, unfortunately. Uh, he's He's kind of a a tough get and i respect that you know yeah. uh he's 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 had a long and, and rich life and i'm sure he's got uh, people in my shoes coming at him every day yeah, but yeah. i had to do the next best thing and uh work around that and i learned an awful yeah. lot about him and i guess my, yeah. my fondest hope is that, you know it goes into some depth uh, about those two great san francisco teams that won back-to-back national titles and uh, possibly somebody will slip him a, a copy here, and uh, he'll he'll read some memories that he forgot he had because there were some great stories connected to uh, to the Dons in the in the mid 1950s. Definitely,
0: that's unbelievable. And then so with Ewing and with Adam Morrison, um, what was it like? To, I assume did you talk? Did you have a chance to talk to both of them? No, the
1: pandemic really
0: uh, really beat really? down hard. Yeah, they can't do Zoom. They can't <laughs> yeah. do Zoom. What else is Adam yeah. Morrison doing these days?
1: Yeah, no, he's uh, he, he's doing fine. He's doing fine for himself. But uh, lots of uh, lots of good stories told in the book. And uh, I, I trust that it, it, it provides a good read for everyone.
0: That's awesome. And then as I want to kind of talk uh, college basketball because the tournament is rapidly approaching. Yeah. For a lot of people, maybe you haven't really been catching up with college basketball this year. There's been a lot going on. Um, who are some of the teams people should keep their eyes out for? And what can they look forward to when the tournament tips off?
1: Well, Gonzaga is trying to be the first team since 1976 to win a national championship undefeated. That would be, uh, that speaks for itself right there. If you're doing something that hasn't been done for 45 years since Indiana in 1976, that would be amazing. Uh, We thought that perhaps Villanova would be right there with them. Maybe they'll still come back. But as we're speaking now, uh, they're not looking too good. They lost a key player, Colin Gillespie, to injury, and they've lost the two games that they've played without him since. Uh, Creighton has looked fantastic at times this year and uh, they had a a spot of trouble when their coach made racially insensitive remarks and he was suspended but he's been uh, returned to active duty and uh, we'll we'll see how they do they definitely have uh, the talent and the ability and then last I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Loyola Chicago one more time just three years after they reached the final four uh, they are back they will be in the NCAA tournament and some observers think this team might be even better. Uh, they uh, are going to give it a try. Uh, it looks like they might uh, have to play a one seed in the round of 32, which is a wrinkle that wasn't uh, thrown at them in 2018. That would be very interesting to see this program and the, uh, all the talk of Sister Jean Going up against you know fill in the blank uh, Baylor Gonzaga <laughs> Michigan Illinois in different ways those would all be uh, great stories so should be a, a fun tournament to watch and uh, Gonzaga is definitely uh, trying to do something very special
0: and in terms of Loyola Chicago are they returning any of the starters and maybe people remember off the top of my head I remember Towns was fantastic any yeah starters? you know who they
1: still have uh, from from the uh, team and Cameron Crutwig he was he was a freshman at the time and now he's he's sort of the man uh, he's he's their uh, main scorer in the paint but he, he also distributes the ball and so they've they've got a couple of uh, final four veterans and some some new talent as well but mostly the, the team has changed over uh since the final four run, so that that's a credit to coach uh, Porter Moser and what he's built there and there are definitely a lot of programs uh interested in him yeah. Uh, Because of the pandemic, because not only it happened, but when it happened at a key time in the college basketball season, there was next to no uh, changes made in coaching personnel this time a year ago that would have normally been made. So there's a tremendous amount of pent-up change and demand, and uh, coaches like Moser are are definitely going to hear their phone ring over the next uh, few days here.
0: Did they have any size? I remember a couple of years ago. I think they matched up with Michigan. I remember like their biggest guy was maybe like six seven, six eight. Do they have any bigger? Yeah,
1: Kurtwig is kind of their size, uh, both vertically and in bulk wise. Uh, so, but you know that's the trend of the game as a whole is going is uh, you know, Villanova won two titles in 2016, 2018 uh, with uh, very few exceptions. Not really putting uh, anybody over six eight uh, on the floor most of the time. So you know space threes. Uh, sometimes we think that's the way the game is going. Uh, other coaches are saying, no, thanks. Uh, you know, North Carolina looks pretty good with a more traditional multi-big setup. So everybody's got their own idea and we'll, we'll settle this all in a tournament.
0: Are there any really, I know, I know I've say I saw that some based in up DC Mount St. Mary's got in, are there any kind of small teams like that you think they can make, make, make a run or it's going to be, yeah, you know,
1: the tricky thing about that is you definitely want to see a bracket first, you know, yeah. and, and see where they are. And uh, some some of the uh, lower seeds, and by lower, you know, below the number 12 line, uh, they always do break through. And that's, uh, in fact, if I can plug my uh, my employer, that's, that's one thing we offer once we do see the bracket, is we've got a feature called uh, giant killers where we uh, look specifically for those teams so uh, everybody uh, actually by the time this comes out uh, go to espn.com, uh, look at giant killers and we will try to identify those teams that maybe you haven't seen but once we see the matchup uh, we say yeah they, they've got a shot
0: and I actually so I saw an article you either put up either yesterday or in the last couple of days of the 300 plus teams that will not win the national championship Can you talk about that a little bit
1: yeah, I've been doing that now. Of course, it didn't happen last year. But previous to that time, uh, i had been doing it for a few years. And knock on wood, uh, it's, it's been right every time. But the basic idea is that uh, you pick eight teams and you say the national champion will come from this group of eight teams. Uh, that idea has been around for a while. I flipped around and said, no, these are the 349 uh, teams that won't win. It sounds uh, silly and odd and it is, but for some reason, people love scrolling down that list of every team in division one to find their team. And it's, it's hilarious because, you know, I've had my team not be very good and I do it too, as if, as if there's a chance, you know, I'm really going to be part of the magic eight. So uh, we take uh, like 15 or 20 near misses and we explain why we think uh, these teams won't win, list every other team in Division I, and at the very bottom, uh, the magic Aid is is revealed. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, it causes discussion, and it, now it's just kind of a tradition, so
0: it, it's fun. Why have the Blue Bloods struggled so much this year? Uh,
1: the Blue Bloods have struggled because when we think of Blue Bloods, we think of uh, Duke and Kentucky, and that is uh, – they, they rely uh, to a greater extent than any other programs and to any other Blue Bloods. They, reg- they rely to a greater extent on one-and-done talent. And we still don't have a surefire way to identify the one-and-done talent that will also be good and impactful as college freshmen. We've become great at identifying the guys who will have NBA careers and we can do it when they're 18 years old and still in high school. If you look at the high school rankings, and if you look at the NBA draft order a year later, it syncs up really well. There's an occasional you know, snap hook into the rough, but mostly that works really well. What we cannot do, and what coaches would love to be able to do, is say not only is this guy gonna be uh, in the NBA for years, but he's gonna help us out a lot in our uh, college team this year, now with Perfect hands, you know, those guys are guys like Cunningham and, and Suggs, you know, with Gonzaga, um, you know, a couple others. But it would have been good to know that in advance. <laughs> Not only are you going to be rich, but uh, you're going to be a good college player. And, uh, you know, Duke, uh, they were putting it together uh, at the end. Uh, and their freshmen were looking better. And then their, their uh, run was cut short because of a positive uh, COVID test. So... Who knows? But Kentucky, uh, it really is the end for them. They they lost and, and they're done and they'll come back and try again with a fresh crop of talent next year.
0: Is Perry Ellis still at Kansas?
1: <laughs> I don't know
0: why the Perry Ellis uh, vein of humor works, but it does. <laughs> yeah. he's only, uh, he's, him and like Bronson Koenig, at like Wisconsin, yeah, uh, like. Yeah, it works just works with Perry Ellis.
1: And you could point to a lot of players over the years. Who had a somewhat, you know, geriatric aspect as college players, but uh, and I hope Perry Ellis is is okay with it somewhere because uh, man, uh, social media does love to make that. Anytime anybody on social media says, "Well, this will be the first time since you know 1945 that such and such," you know, everybody says, "You know, Perry Ellis was a junior." Uh, it just, I don't know. It just it makes college basketball people uh, happy. They're they're strange. I'm strange, I guess. I don't know. Can't explain it. Hmm.
0: Who's the one team that people, no one's really talking about that's kind of been on your eye that you would not be surprised to see and make a deep run in the tournament? Uh, that would be
1: Houston because people tend Houston. not to see a lot of uh, games from the Cougars. They play in the American, but uh, they're an excellent team. And in particular, they play a style that uh, teams don't necessarily see within their own conferences. What Houston does is they go uh, without fear for offensive rebounds. And uh, slowly over time, we're seeing that less and less. As uh, more priority is put on, on space and three point shooting, and then particularly on top of that, transition defense. So you, uh, North Carolina, notwithstanding, which of course does the same thing, uh, teams just are not used to seeing the opponents, you know, fight you for that that shot they just missed. And uh, you know, with some of the one seeds that we were talking about uh, earlier, I, I wonder how they might react. You know, because they don't generally see that uh, among their opponents. And uh, we'll see what Houston can get done again. I always like to see a a bracket, but uh, they're going to be seated very high anyway. So it's not like they're a plucky underdog, but as far as nobody talking about them, nobody is talking about them. So that's one to watch.
0: Are there any guys, maybe sophomores or juniors that maybe kind of stayed under the radar, but you're expecting them to have big tournaments and then their NBA draft stock might be flying up.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny. The NBA always says that uh, they're, they're too sophisticated to let that happen but it seems like that does happen (laughs) you know the NCAA tournament should be uh too small a sample size and uh you know uh it doesn't really matter and uh, who cares if a team catches fire but sometimes you do see that so I'll I'll be interested to see if uh if any players can can harness uh that kind of energy I know that uh Corey Kispert for example he's he's not a freshman uh he he plays for Gonzaga he's still there Uh, He's still there, yeah, yeah. He's a Perry Ellis player. He's a Perry yeah. Ellis guy. Um, his his draft stock has been going up. Uh, he's he's 22, which sometimes can you know NBA front offices can be a little resistant to, but uh, we did see Obi Toppen uh, at, at a uh, <laughs> at an advanced stage. It's ridiculous to be talking about anybody in their early 20s like they're old. Uh, he he did well in the draft last year, and uh, Gonzaga seems primed to make a nice run uh Kispert making shots on the on the biggest stage that
0: that could help him out that's awesome um is Cade Cunningham is he the real deal or is he just the best player in a, in a kind of a not the best draft
1: no he's the real deal and the thing that is uh enjoyable uh from a guy who might go number one overall and obviously is a one-and-done talent he involves his teammates and he makes his team uh better Oklahoma State's actually a very good defensive team. Uh, Their defense is arguably better than their offense, at least in Big 12 play. And the fact that he can be part of that as a one-and-done talent and please all the NBA scouts while uh, giving us the highlights that we demand, that that speaks highly of him. uh, I I think he's very much the real deal.
0: What kind of COVID protocols do they have in place in case there is an outbreak, maybe let's say like in the round of 32?
1: Yeah, of course, they're trying to keep it all uh, battened down and tight in Indianapolis itself. Uh, players in hotels connected by skyways to venues where they're not only playing but also practicing. Uh, buses to uh, the venues out of town because they are playing at places like Indiana University and Purdue. Uh, but they've also got procedures in place for what does happen if if they've got a positive test and you know how how a team can continue to play uh, if they they take enough steps quick enough. And then as the most drastic remedy. Uh, the NCAA even has plans in place for if they have to replace an entire team and what they will and won't do uh, they won't simply <laughs> swap somebody out if it's in the sweet 16 that wouldn't be fair but in a few limited examples if it's early enough they may they, they might make some team that didn't hear its name have uh called on selection sunday uh, th- there might be a scenario where that team would would replace another
0: do you know if Sister Jean has gotten both of her vaccines? Because she's like an ultimate X factor that could show up in the tournament like halfway there. Yeah, my understanding is
1: she's going to be all virtual for obvious reasons. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure if you think about the, uh, the pecking order for the vaccine, if, if she wasn't number one in line uh, with yeah. a bullet, I, I don't know who would be. Uh, she's, she's over 100 years old. So that, that would be, uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, she can go ahead of me, certainly. Uh, but I understand that she'll be uh, all virtual this time around. Hopefully, uh, for her sake, Loyola Chicago does uh, make a run, and we notice that she's uh, virtual and, and waving and, and appearing on Zoom, but uh, that, that is my understanding. It's, it's too bad because uh, that was one of the charms of the 2018 tournament, was uh, the, uh, the, the buzz that she created in person uh, the, the, the back and forth during the, the news conferences and then, you know, obviously celebrating uh, when they made the final four on the court itself. Um, we'll see how far they go. But uh, yeah, I think she'll be watching from afar just to just to stay safe.
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope, I'm gonna pray that she comes. If they, if they make the four, final four, they make the championships. She, she's gotta go. She, you gotta be because it's not, <laughs> we'll that's see. not too far. She's not too we'll far. Um, we'll there. And then I, just got a couple more questions for you. Are there any guys with really interesting stories that we're gonna find out more and more about as the tournament gets closer, and that maybe they're gonna harp on the guys people are gonna want to start rooting for? Yeah, I mean, you. Uh, that's the great thing about the tournament is no matter you know
1: where you look, there are teams to root for you know Gonzaga is this big imposing uh blue chip program but they've never won a national championship uh that's the paradox of getting to the level that they get at is they're they are uh they they hear about oh you never won a national championship it's ironic because for years uh the criticism was you never made the final four well then they did that and they went to the national championship game in 2017, and now there's a, there's a new uh, criticism. So as, uh, as, as obvious as it seems, when you're talking about an undefeated team going into the NCAA tournaments, uh, part of me is rooting for Mark Few because what he and his colleagues have accomplished there, nobody has been able to do in that kind of setting ever before to this extent. And a national championship would just put the the cherry on top of that. It would be a very good deal.
0: In your heart, do you feel like they can do it, or do you feel like they're, oh, yeah. they're You think they can do it this year? Oh, absolutely!
1: Yeah, this is uh, this is one of the better teams that we've we've seen. Baylor is also a great team. It's not going to be a cakewalk by any means uh, for Gonzaga or for anybody, but uh, they they will be heard from. And it helps to be a number one seed. It it it, it, uh, it accelerates your your path, uh, other things being equal to the Sweet 16. Obviously, there have been huge historic exceptions to that rule. And uh, I'm not saying Gonzaga could take it easy by any means, but um, once you get to that point, you know, you're know you already part of uh, a select number of teams. And uh, with, their, with their scoring ability, with Suggs, with Kispert, with Timmy, and uh, particularly with their ability to kill you in transition, uh, this is, this is a really tough team, deep and talented, and, and they could definitely win the national title.
0: Nigel Williams, Nigel Williams-Goss is gone, right? He's not still. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. That's a,
1: that's a, that's a Perry Ellis one. Yeah. 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 That's unbelievable. He was, um, uh, he had one too many uh, turned ankles, unfortunately, in the, in the 2017 tournament. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then my last question for you, are there any teams that are kind of on the bubble with whether they'll get in and if they do, they can make some, it could make some real noise.
1: Yeah, the paradox of being on the bubble is that, with the you know big exception of VCU in two thousand eleven, we don't see that happen all that often. Uh, Usually, uh, the teams that make the runs, uh, even you know like UConn in two thousand fourteen, they were and they won the national title. They were a lower seed, but there was no no particular suspense about them getting in. So it's more fun to uh, speculate over whether the team will get in and how far they will go. Uh, Syracuse uh, is one example, uh, non-Catholic, just to be uh, good and ecumenical here. Uh, They are very much on the bubble. Uh, Xavier, to go back Catholic, uh, they are so much on the bubble. They're actually trying to schedule more games. Uh, Travis Steele is their head coach. And because they were on COVID pause, because their team hasn't come anywhere close to the maximum number of games they're allowed, they're trying to play more games between the time we're taking this and Selection Sunday to improve their profile. We've never seen gonna, that before. Who are they going to play? Like Real Madrid? Who
0: else is available to play? Well, I
1: mean, any team that's been eliminated <laughs> from their conference tournament is, you know, is and that hasn't hit up against their limit might take a look at it. So that's the bubble drama. You know, I'm, uh, I do bubble watch ESPN. Uh, people care whether their team is going to be in or not. I know I care, you know, whether my team will be in. And that's, uh, that's part of the, the drama of March is just can, can you, you know, coaches uh, are very conscious of whether they make the NCAA tournament or not. It's, it's a clear hurdle and uh, a dramatic process to watch.
0: When they added the first four, did they say, all right, Syracuse has to be here every year. <laughs>
1: and Arizona State the last few years, yeah. although this year, not so much. Yeah, it does seem <laughs> that way.
0: Lou Dort would be incredible in this tournament, but that, yeah, that yeah. that's unbelievable. And then, so how can people find you on social media as well as find your book, The Miracles on the Hardwood, The Hope and a Prayer Story of a Winning Tradition in Catholic College Basketball on sale Tuesday, March 16th. Yeah, wherever you like to buy
1: your books, uh, you you will uh, you will find it there. You can pre-order it before March 16th, or just find it anywhere on March 16th, whatever your favorite favorite book vendor is. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at John Gasaway. Are
0: there any sleepers like tucked away in the book? Like if people read enough before the tournament starts, they say, "Hey, <laughs> take take USC."
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's like those uh, Shakespeare acrostics. You know, <laughs> the the first letter of each paragraph spells Gonzaga
0: will win. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, I wasn't that clever. Uh, maybe maybe for the next book, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.